the traveling principal here, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening. I'm Joe Clossy, and I'm the host of the little mini series where I've created a school, where I'm creating a school rather, um, and document the process from beginning to end. I'm not sure at this point of a few things regarding this situation, and so let me recap quickly for you um, with regards to what's going on uh, so you're brought up to speed. <clears throat> Please remember, I am the traveling principal. I run a one-stop shop to fix all of your high school needs. Uh, please go to my website all uh, at uh, thetravelingprincipal.com and find out how I can help you um, like I'm doing for all of these folks here in California. Um, this is my passion. This is what I do best. Uh, so let me get involved. Um, that said, okay, so recap. I'm a high school principal in California. I get into conversation about a new school in a K-8 district um, that is also going to be a high school and on a plot of land from scratch. In the first episode, I spoke about the initial conversations that started this whole thing, uh, as well as steps initially taken in the day that followed. I've learned this. My board president doesn't want this to happen. And on the night of our staff holiday party, he was clear about that uh, when I first told him. I know that the superintendent of my authorizing district may or may not be happy. Um, she likes us, but we're the only charter around. Um, and so, you know, it, she doesn't like us. Uh, we struggled with enrollment because we are not allowed to recruit in certain districts. Um, and because our memorandums of understanding, our MOUs in place with specific elements of our school's processes are governed by either the county or the district, it's prevented growth. Um, we are not allowed to recruit in districts of schools that have thousands of kids that would be perfect for our school because we are a charter? Question mark. Um, this move would all but solidify in stone uh, and guarantee annual enrollment without question if we started this new school. So on today's episode, we're going to jump right into the new year. Everyone goes on break. And during that time, I opened my first Google Doc and I just began to type. Um, <clears throat> I also grabbed a notebook from a company that I respected in education uh, around this area. They're called STS Education. They are not affiliated with this podcast at all. Um, I have no sponsors actually, which is awesome. And I'm just speaking truths. And so SES held their annual tech conference, um, in education here, uh, in this area in Ventura County. Uh, and during the madness of the many vendors and session rooms in the middle of this giant open space, right? Designated for this conference where all those vendor tables um, go around the perimeter and you just go around and you talk to everybody and you see all these cool things. STS had some tables set up um, that were like sample tables you could buy, movable tables, smart tables, whatever they were called. Um, set up that called me to sit at them and get lost in conceptual education in the middle of this chaotic room. Um, and so uh, I grabbed my notebook and I opened up the uh, laptop um, and on page one, I listed a bunch of questions. And on the adjacent page, um, I listed a bunch of answers. I had my Chromebook open, or a laptop open rather, in case I needed to research stuff. Um, 
statistics, I don't know, anything that came to my head, I just felt like sitting there in the middle of the mayhem and beginning. All that has been on my mind is the school anyway. So, you know, here, here just made sense. In order to begin thinking of this, I needed to create uh, some sort of order in my head um, that would allow this process to unfold in steps. I guess that's just how I roll. Um, I immediately began thinking of my why. There, there's no two ways about that. I know um, I've listened to, to the podcasts and read the books, and I knew I needed to know my why before I did everything else. Um, so I came up with four reasons to start this school. The first, to give the students in the respected school districts K-8 programs a 9-12 to option that closely resembles project-based hands-on education that they're used to. Um, and so that was the, that was the superintendent saying, you know, Joe, my kids from K to eight learn like this and then nine to 12 are forced to learn like that. And so, you know, there, therein lies my issue. Number two, to directly impact the community based on enhancing industries that drive commerce like food, trade, and entertainment. This is my personal, this is my personal, um, reason. I've always imagined a good school drives the neighborhood, it drives the community, it fuels the, the community, right? I mean, that's where the employees come from, the employers will eventually come from, that's where the ideas come from, you know, the better the school, the better the community. Um, uh, so, that, so that's mine. Number three, to solidify any enrollment concerns by fusing K-8 schools into ACE Poly, which is what we're going to call it. That's, that's a name that one of the teachers here has been throwing out from day one. Um, his vision a lot more clear as he's been here from day one almost. So, I mean, he gets it. He understands. He's been saying it for a long time. And so now I think that's appropriate to move forward with. And the fourth reason... Uh, introduce sustainability into the industries surrounding our community to foster healthier choices and investing in our future buildings, businesses, and the people that run and operate them. So, you know, I mean, I mean, just like we would help the community, we need help first. And so um, every one of us, community and the kids at that school, are going to be revolved around an issue of sustainability coming up. Um, I don't care what your political affiliation is. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what you think. Um if we do not introduce an element of sustainability into the way we live, we are basically throwing out what we have and saying no one else after us can have that. So um, there's that side of things. And so this school would hopefully start to address that in a major way. Um, and so of course this led directly to career and technical education for me right away uh, into the conversation. Um, my mind was racing as I wrote on this page, no classes and no classrooms. Um, again, you know, what the heck did the superintendent mean? If you have no classes, um, you have no bell schedule, right? So, okay, let, I got it. Let, let's, let's brainstorm out loud. High Tech High does something similar to that in San Diego, California. Um, you know, it's a perfect world. Everybody just go to class. You just want to go. Um, I get that. I get that. Uh, I, I don't really truly understand it, but I've seen it and I get it. Um, but no classrooms? 
So where does teaching happen? Um, how can I not have a classroom? I, I was definitely stuck, and this would be problem number two. Um, way too early to be listing problems, but let's be honest, I needed to. I was writing down everything anyway. I needed to capture thoughts. Um, when they came to me, because often happens, like it's, it's crazy, a great idea. I'll think of it again in the morning, and I never think of it again. And I know it was life-altering and, and solving all of our problems. And so I'm writing it all down so I don't forget. I didn't know what a school with no classrooms would look like. Um, so I began to draw possibilities. I know I'm a visual learner. And so maybe my perspective needed to change from describing it to drawing it, right? I mean, that's what I always say. Let me see it. Let me let me draw it out. Um, and I draw on the next page in the notebook a giant square with no classrooms, just a building, a giant open building, and I stared at it. Stuck still, I have to say, stuck still. And I drew little cubicles around the outside part, right? I'm doodling, basically, in the middle of this conference. Um, I drew what I remembered from the times I've been in my brother-in-law's old company in downtown LA or my wife's company in New York City. Um, open floor plans, basically some conference rooms on the outside perimeter, but all only used in reservation. So you had to reserve those spaces. Whiteboard walls, glass walls, multimedia inside the tables, communication devices everywhere. Um, smart, large, interactive screens, Macs everywhere. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was like beginning to piece together what I thought would be something different, you know, something that you'd see in a professional environment. And I thought that I was on my way to getting somewhere when the realities of overcrowding immediately came into play. Um, in a professional environment, this reservation of your room sounds great. Um, in schools, it sounds like a, an organizational nightmare. Um, so now I'm like kind of sort of stuck. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing, I'm thinking, we have ideas. Um, so I listed a square in, in, in a square, what a room must have, right? So I have my, my large perimeter, I have little squares around the perimeter. In each one, I write computer of some sort, display options as well, whiteboards, desks, seats, and storage areas. I listed what every classroom has, right? Back to basically being stuck again. However, then it hit me as I stared at this list in the middle of the drawing, no classrooms, what also this could mean. Um, a classroom is a location, right? It's a physical space, absolutely. Um, but it's a designated location. So I have English in the English classroom. I have PE in the gym. It's the location, right? Which if I figured out how to alter the need for a classroom location, I may be back in business. Um, and so I, I ran with this, man. You know, having it be impossible to not have a physical classroom right? The space, you need a space. Um, I just had to look at it differently. Um, I don't think the superintendent meant the space as much as he meant the notion of going to a designated location. So, all right, all right, here I am. I sat in this conference. I'm at those tables in the center of all those people. And I wrote the following. No classes 
means kids don't have to report at specific times. And if they don't have a schedule to follow, they do not have classroom-like environments to report to. So every educator's area is still where they teach, but they won't be teaching classes and therefore will not have classrooms of students reporting daily. Okay, so now I'm, I'm writing down these questions. <clears throat> How do you capture seat time? Right. Um, no classes that every administrator listening to this podcast is like, what are you talking about? So how do you capture seat time? How do kids accomplish grades? Um, how, how does a grade accumulate credit then? Uh, and it hit me. Um, it hit me really hard because I realized we were just audited not long ago and the auditors go through everything in the school and talk about yeah, so you're, you're purchasing systems, et cetera, but they, an auditor also looks at every aspect of your school's functioning system. So we just got done with the seat time thing, and it hit me. Seat time is required by the state. Seat time. So let's allow that to guide everything on our end as well, right? I mean, for example, students would have a schedule but only need to log in what a class is worth or designated time that that class is worth. Um, and if I had to report to English every day for a school year, that would be 60 minutes per day at 180 days a year to equal those 10 credits, right? Or, or 90 days to equal the five credits. To equal the 10 credits, that's 10,800 minutes then, right? 60 times 180. Um, Per class per year for a five credit course, it's a 5,400 minute requirement. So ACE currently has three reportable marking periods that divide a semester. And those terms equal 1,800 minutes per term per semester. So three terms times 1,800 equals 54 minutes. Right, there's your semester. I began to toy around with partial credit and remember quickly all of the independent study kids that would come to my school site afterwards and have one credit of math or 2.5 credits of math and my counselor hated it. She would say, Clausy, no partial credit ever. Um, it also reminded me of a program that our school used called Apex. Um, it's a popular credit recovery program. It breaks the curriculum down by units, offers credit for completion, and boom, what if I made a hybrid program where curriculum worked in that same way. Um, what if the students were able to choose what they wanted to learn, when they wanted to learn it, and this would mean no set schedule of classes held in classrooms and would really foster choice. Um, my immediate questions were if that would be too progressive for this area. Um, if there's one thing I've learned about around these parts, you know, things move kind of slow. Um, I then wondered how I would marry career and technical education with this process that I'm coming up with based on time. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily stuck. I'm just continuously digging further. Um, and so I knew I wanted career and technical education to drive instruction. I knew I needed to fit um, somehow that into this program. I, I could most likely figure it out. Uh, and so I, I tabled that, 
right? I mean, that's kind of my forte. Those things I can I can think through. Like I said, like I can keep digging. Um, that's not a problem. But I wasn't sure, however, that people around these parts would be ready for something like this. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to that. I mean, I'm talking about progressive. I'm talking about flexibility. I'm talking about organized chaos. Um, I began to wonder if I'd want my kids to go to something like this. I have two kids myself. Um, would I trust my kid to actually go to class if they didn't have any? Um, it really flips the script and puts the onus back on the student. Um, they are back in control of their education based on their own ability to choose how they would spend their time and what they spend their time on. So this was like crazy. Uh, this notion of time began a race in my mind. Um, and then as I was on cloud nine, thinking of all things perfect in the world of education, I couldn't help but to wonder how the heck I would capture this notion of time accurately. Um, because it sounds like an attendance nightmare, you know, I've, I've worked in, I don't know how many schools now and, and you have to take attendance. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. And so I'm going to label this one problem number three, which is a tough one, right? Because I, I love this notion of time, um, how to, how to, how to capture that. That's going to take some creative thinking. Uh, so I'm sitting there at this table still hacking away, making a lot of progress. Um, I walked the lobby because I, I just needed to get up, right, and, and, and move around and take a, take a minute. Um, and so I'm still thinking, I'm looking around, I'm halfway down one of those aisles in the vendor hall uh, and realized that I left all my stuff back on that table. Um, no one was sitting there, uh, so I guess it was fine. I'm in a room full of adults, and so I just kind of kept going. Um, maybe the New Yorker in me thinks twice about leaving my stuff there, but um, I, I wanted to. I wanted to just continue to walk around, um, but I but, but I just don't trust leaving my things. So I turned around and I went back um, to go and get it anyway. Um, and I came across something called in, in a booth called E Signatures. Um, so again, they do not sponsor this, as they have no idea that I'm doing this. Um, they don't know um, the, the the whole like podcast thing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not getting again no sponsors. Uh, so there's that. Um, and the representative from STS behind the desk of e-signatures, his name was Jeff, um, who I've known for for a previous from previous years, began to ask me where this product will play a part in ACE. Um, it was like he knew or like he was listening to my thoughts because right there, when I looked up at Jeff, I realized that dude just solved problem number three because if every kid had one of these ID cards and swiped into each teacher cubicle or better yet, swiped into the building every day, that could capture attendance. Uh, so Jeff went on to talk about all the possibilities that e-signature could play for his schools, um, but I was stuck on the first one. And I stopped him. You know, I mean, these guys know me, man. They, they know I'm just going to cut to the chase. They know I mean business. Um, and I told him the quickest reason why I would use the program but needed to run back to my desk and write the stuff down. Um, those guys from SCS know that I'm a bit out there. Uh, and so they tolerate me um, with a look of a smile pretty frequently. Um, but I ran over and I wrote down 
If an ID card could capture attendance, then all I had to do was figure out how students will learn since logistics are now kind of sorted out, right? Uh, I mean, let's go into the, the visual that I was creating before where you have the box and you have your classrooms around the perimeter regardless of what my building looks like. If I'm just going to have a kid walk into a room and decide what they want to learn, um, I have to figure out how to, without a schedule, capture the when they walked in and when they walked out for that day. Um, the minutes now, I, I, as I, I was certain, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Jeff about it and capturing this time seemed like it was actually pretty pretty easy. Um, so let's digress momentarily as I, I tend to do this often, right? I'm on a vegan kick here because of my health and I've been limited to my options in most places uh, and therefore when food was served I only had a little. After the conference was over I jumped in the car and went back over the grade to go home, hit traffic immediately as everybody does in California. In California's defense it was Friday afternoon um, but that being said, um, I went back into thought about the school sitting there in traffic in the car. I realized I had to use the restroom. So I pulled off, found a restaurant um, that I knew would have something for me, freshened up and went to grab a bite um, since I knew I was going to be in traffic for like the next hour. Uh, walked in and looked up at the venue, noticed that the place was swamped with people and boom. Once again, like a freight train, I was smacked in the face with this idea of a menu. Um, what if I organized when options would be available by calendaring them, arranged by the teacher, and made it clear on a menu of options for students to choose from? Now, my vision is swipe into a cubicle structure that has glass walls and interactive smart technologies. Choose from a menu of topics, topics of study, and submit them upon completion, right? So the matrix of a system is becoming evident now. Now I, I can see it. I can see it in the car. For, for what it was worth, I was able to, in this episode, capture time um, and, and attendance, which I think is enormous. Um, and I think I also am on to what it is that we need to do in order to capture how a student submits work. I am at this point in time, glowing with excitement. Um, for more uh, from the Traveling Principal and to hear the rest of my story as it unfolds, please keep checking for the latest episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, um, I am soon to be on Apple Music, the Traveling Principal uh, podcast. You can also go and find all of them at uh, thetravelingprincipal.com. I am your one-stop shop for education reform. Ladies and gentlemen, let's make a new school. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, folks, have a good one.